welcome to episode three of Long Hair Do Care. It's May 9th, 2021. I'm your host, Georgie Corkery, pronouns she, her, hers, also happy to use they, them, theirs, and I do indeed have long hair and care so much, specifically about topics that fall under the broad yet niche umbrella of queer, intersectional, eco-feminism, and that is what this podcast is about. The uh, topic for today is four points of consent, and before we get into that, I will tell you how many cats I interacted with this week. Only one, same as the past two episodes, and it's Zarina from episode one. She is old and gray, yellow eyes, and honestly, I thought she might have died. She's my friend's roommate's cat, so I'd see her when I go over to that house. And she's always in the same spot, and she wasn't there when I came over. And I normally like look for her because she's cute and I like cats. And I know that cats, when they die, like to die alone. So they will go and disappear, and you won't see them. And that's it. That's the end. And so I thought she was dead, but um, luckily she came out after a while and was just under the bed. So Zarina's good. Some wildlife that I saw this week was a skunk. Um, It was at the high school that I work at. There's a farm there. And I was outside doing my thing, and then I just saw the skunk run by, and I forgot how cute they are. You didn't smell it at all, which was cool. And my coworker said that there apparently is also a fox out there, and foxes are my favorite animals. So I hope to see one. Uh, If I saw a fox, I would be so excited. The number of Teslas I saw is almost double from last week. It's 42 and six halves, much more than last week. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about why I count Teslas, or I guess why I've been enjoying it. So I hang out with birders, of course. They like to watch birds, count birds for population data. It's actually really useful. But I know some people that are just obsessed with it, and I think I'm coming to understand that obsession a little bit better, that compulsive need to count like through this uh, counting Tesla thing that I started for the podcast. I do it compulsively. And honestly, I think it's making me a better driver because I'm paying attention more. So it's been good all around and I really enjoy it. And it's cool that I'm seeing more. I don't know if that's because I'm in different places. Maybe I've been driving around more on the east side of Salt Lake City than the west side. And that's kind of more the rich side. Anyways, for the conscious content consumption this week, I wanted to talk about a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It was published in 2020. It's her third memoir, Glennon Doyle's, and it's, let's see, it was number one on the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list for seven weeks, which I don't actually know if that's a large amount of time or not, but it sounds pretty good to me. Uh, One of her mantras that I like that she talked about throughout the book is we can do hard things. Here's a little blip I pulled off the internet about the book. Untamed is both an intimate memoir and a galvanizing wake-up call. It is the story of how Glennon learned that a responsible mother is not one who slowly dies for her children, but one who shows them how to fully live. It is a story of navigating divorce and recreating the family structure as she falls in love with another woman 
Abby Wambach, a famous professional soccer player. She also learns how to set boundaries to make peace with her body and our bodies, how to honor our anger and heartbreak. Overall, the book is about how we can be our truest, wildest selves and follow our instincts. Maybe that all sounded a little corny, but really this book is great. And as you heard, uh, she falls in love with another woman. So we got a queer icon in here. And Abby Wambach seems to be pretty cool herself, but maybe that's for another day to talk about. Again, the thing that I took away from this book was we can do hard things. And I guess something for me and that this book kind of spoke to is being our authentic self is a hard thing. And that's been hard for me to be consistent with my own authenticity. And this is true, I think, especially when we spend time with people in different social circles, right? So you have your social circle at work. Maybe you have your social circle with your siblings and your family. Sometimes you'll meet people back from high school and it's hard not to fall into who you used to be. And then you have um, maybe a partner or a friend group. I'm on a kickball team, so there's dynamics all around, and being your authentic self in all those situations, I think, can be hard, but it gets easier as I get older, and um, I don't know if that's something that everyone relates to, but I can only imagine that is. So, uh, we can do hard things, we can be ourselves. Some quotes I want to pull from Untamed by Glennon Doyle real quick are, let's see, I have one, two, three... Four. First one is, I will not stay, not ever again, in a room or conversation or relationship or institution that requires me to abandon myself. And I love that because, yeah, I don't want to abandon myself at any point. I hope none of you have to do that. Quote number two, when a woman finally learns that pleasing the world is impossible, she becomes free to learn how to please herself, which is kind of funny. I mean, I giggled at it because that has the connotation of pleasing yourself. But more importantly, this is her talking to being a mom, being a wife, and being a female in a gender role. We don't need to do that. We don't need to please people. We just, we need to make ourselves happy. And that's what I like about the quote. Quote three, privilege is being born on third base. Ignoring privilege is thinking you're there because you hit a triple. This is a baseball metaphor. Malicious privilege is complaining that those starving outside the ballpark aren't waiting patiently enough. And I like that so much because, I mean, in the world right now, especially, people are learning what privilege is. And it's it's okay to be privileged, but you do need to acknowledge it. And more importantly, you can't deny it. That's the malicious privilege is oh well that person doesn't have what I have because they (laughs) I don't know they didn't try hard enough when really their situation was just started off outside the ballpark starving so to speak Uh, last quote is being human is not hard because you're doing it wrong it's hard because you're doing it right and again (laughs) we can do hard things I do want to talk about one more conscious content consumption which is a YouTube video called Tea Consent. It's just a really well-done little cartoon that's a metaphor for consent. I think it's lovely. You should watch it, share with all your friends. It's hilarious, and it really hones it on the point. 
So that leads us right into our topic for today, which is the four points of consent. And I think this is just especially true for new partners. And real quick, consent is asking someone if they want to do something. In this episode, for what I'm talking about right now, it's in the context of sex. So if they want to do a sexual thing. So sex is risky physically and emotionally, and that is why I like these four points. Point number one, of course, is bluntly asking, (laughs) do you want to do X, Y, Z? And maybe that's, can I kiss you? May I kiss you? May I touch you this way? May I do this thing? Do you want to have sex? Whatever that means for the two or more people (laughs) in that situation. Asking that off the bat, and not just assuming you can do it. I think surprise kisses or something that often happen, unfortunately, but you you need consent for kisses, and uh, you see it a lot in movies, there's surprise kisses, and they just felt the tension, and they couldn't stop themselves, and often if you shouldn't be kissing somebody, and then somebody asks that question, it's going to stop you from kissing that person. If it's a scenario in which maybe it's cheating on somebody, so ask, point blank for consent. That's point number one. Point number two is, it's a sexual health question. Point two and three are sexual health questions is, what is your STI status? This is important. And phrasing it this way is also important. Don't say, are you clean? Because that implies that if they have an STI, that they're dirty. And that's not cool. That's othering, that's shaming, that's body shaming. And you know, STIs happen. It can happen with your first sexual partner. It can happen with your 50th sexual partner. It really doesn't matter. Just ask, uh, what is your STI status? And if someone says, I do have an STI, don't be mean about it. Be understanding. There are questions from there to ask, which is, okay, how do we protect ourselves? What does that mean? What are the symptoms? Educate me a little bit. That goes quite nicely to point number three, which is, what protection do we need? This all depends on the people at play and what their gender is. If there's a penis involved, condoms are a great thing to have, especially if someone does have an STI. And then there's dental dams. There's also just different ways to protect yourself. And maybe it's, uh, well, hey, we're not going to do the certain sexual act like oral because that's higher risk. And then the other part of that, I have it as point three point five, <laughs> is Is birth control an element in the situation that needs to be talked about? If there's a penis and a vagina in this situation, owned by anybody by any gender, uh, birth control is something that you likely need to talk about. So ask, are you on birth control? Is that safe? Of course, then should we also use condoms? Unfortunately, there is no male birth control legalized in the United States. It does exist, but that's a topic for another podcast. Another question that goes along with birth control is, what happens if one of us gets pregnant? Because that could be life-changing, expensive, you know, it's baby-making in in some scenarios. If it's male-female partner, you need to ask that question. And if the, the answers differ greatly, then maybe you don't want to have sex with that person because they don't align with your thoughts and feelings. Or maybe you want to have sex with them because they're super sexy and there's absolutely no shame in just having sex with someone because you think they're sexy. Point number four and the last point is, it's an emotional check-in. It's the last question, is a multifaceted question. 
how do we feel about each other now? How will we feel about each other after? And what do you want from this? And what do you want moving forward from a potential relationship? If someone's answer, if say there's two people and person number one, their answer is, oh, I have always really liked you. I've been in love with you for a really long time. And from this, I want to move forward being primary partners and potentially getting married and having children. One, that's that's a fine answer. But if person number two says, oh, I just want to have casual sex and I think you're really sexy and I care about you as a person, but I don't want a romantic relationship, then obviously <laughs> there's a huge disconnect there and maybe you just shouldn't do it. If you're the person that heard person number one is in love with you and you just want to have casual sex, I strongly suggest that you don't be intimate with that person because they're going to end up sad. However, if both of you are like, I met you last week, we're both really into this, we can have it casual for now and move forward, whatever happens, happens, or like, hey, I just think you're sexy and I want this tonight and you just want this tonight, okay, cool. You're on the same page and that's what's super important because sometimes people act differently after sex and it's good to ask what they want so that it's not weird after sex. Again, I think these points are great. Consent is super sexy. Sex can potentially be a life-changing event if you do become pregnant, if you do have an STI, depending on which one it is. And I I also acknowledge that it's not easy to have <laughs> this whole conversation before sex. But if you're responsible and you want to protect yourself, there are ways to have this conversation and have it be fun and sexy while you're with somebody before you're about to do whatever sexual act. And it might be a difficult conversation to have, but again, we can do hard things. Pun intended. We can definitely do hard things. That's the episode. I want to thank AJ again for the intro music. You rock, AJ. And as my dad always says, use your head and be clever. Bye.